episode, we are talking with Rosie McCormick, our Publications Director, and Eileen Goldman, Managing Editor of Core Knowledge History and Geography. We discuss not only CKHG Middle School, but we also get a sneak preview of the other CKH products in development. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Building Knowledge Podcast. I have two very special guests with me today. Both of them are my colleagues at the Core Knowledge Foundation. I have Rosie McCormick. She's the Director of Publications Development. And I have Eileen Goldman, who is the Managing Editor. Both of these ladies work in, with our Core Knowledge History and Geography materials. We're going to talk in particular about our middle school materials, but um, both of these people have worked on actually all of our K-8 materials for history and geography. So I'd like to welcome you both. And what I, I always start off with is having you tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves and then a little bit more about your role at the foundation. We'll start with you, Rosie. Yes, hello. Um, so I have worked at the foundation for almost 12 years um, in publications. Um, prior to that, um, I have a background in children's publishing, in trade publishing and educational publishing, both in New York and in London, actually. Um, a long time ago, worked for Dawn and Kindersley in London um, and for Hachette and in New York. I work for Scholastic and Marvel Comics amongst other some publishers. Um, and I began as an assistant editor and um, became an editor and um, was always interested in writing and sort of began, began a career as a freelance um, writer, stroke editor um, in both countries. I also have a background as a classroom teacher. Um, I taught upper elementary and middle school primarily language arts and history. Um, and my career at the foundation at Cornelage started actually as a freelance writer. Um, I began writing um, some of the grade two student books for CKLA and um, for, for grade three. And then I met our um, head of Cornelage, our president, Linda Bevilacqua, who um, encouraged me to consider a position with the foundation as an in-house writer and editor. And I continued to work on um, CKLA with uh, Linda, primarily writing student, uh, student books, student readers and read-alouds. Uh, when we'd finished Core Knowledge, I transitioned into with Linda, developing the history materials. And we began with Upper Elementary and um, Linda worked with me on these um, publications. Uh, she worked on the K-6 program um, and then she was stolen away to work on middle school CKLA um, and Eileen is very much part of the history story um, and I'll let her explain uh, her part in all of that which has been instrumental. Hi I'm Eileen. I um, started my career as a high school history teacher, I taught world history and world geography, left teaching to teach at community college for a little bit before moving into educational publishing. And as 
a freelance writer in educational publishing is when I started working on the very, very first CKHG units. In fact, I remember it was the American Revolution was the first one I worked on for grade four. Um, and then continued working um, either in a freelance capacity or through my role at um, our Cornellogist Content Development House um, up until up through the development of the U.S. History Program, the middle school U.S. History Program. And after I left that role, a few months after I left, I got a phone call from Rosie saying, don't tell anyone I'm asking you this, but we want you to come work for us. And that's how I ended up as an employee of the Core Knowledge Foundation. <laughs> uh, well, we recognize talent here. And so then we try to steal <laughs> people away from other places. Uh, and I do love the American Revolution, Eileen. So oh, good. it's good to know that, that that was your very first, that was your very first unit. Um, so can you all explain a little bit about how the idea of creating a survey of American history, which we call grade seven, but really it's great for grade seven or eight. And then the survey of world history came about because it's really different than what Cornellage has ever done before. Rosie, you might be able to answer this first. Um, I think it, it's, it's different but connected, and I hope, I hope I can provide a clear answer to that. Um, we had traditionally focused on elementary um, education and materials, and we transitioned into middle school. Um, so I guess there's two ways of answering that question. Um, we can't assume that middle school students have always received the elementary core knowledge education or content. Um, and even for those who have, you're, you're, you're teaching and introducing content or revisiting content at a, at a middle school level. So that calls for a somewhat different approach and lens. So I would say that for both US history and world history, when teachers see those topics again and think, oh my goodness, students have already or may have already covered this, um, we're really um, putting more learning or knowledge acquisition responsibility or opportunity onto the students with a more um, slightly higher level of content, but embedded in those materials are many opportunities for students to explore those topics at a much deeper level via research, discussion, um, writing opportunities. So I think the approach preps middle school students for what they're going to encounter in high school. Um, so yes, the topics are, are, are the same. Well, not, they're the same, but they're not. But there are also new topics in US history and world history. We take everything into, into the, you know, the last 10 years, essentially, of what's been happening in the US or the world or in US history even more recently than that. So there are new, there's new content there as well, particularly um, the latter chapters of US history and world history. Eileen, I'm sure you have things you can add to that. No, I think that covers it because I wasn't involved in the idea. I didn't come on board until the idea was already made. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, 
you know, that we can't assume a ret retention of knowledge. It very much is accumulative. And that's why we do what we do in elementary. We revisit topics. But then when you're transitioning from elementary to middle school, you really do need to think about a broader approach. So what are the different ways that teachers can use this program to meet their needs? Because again, you have a, you have two volumes of American history, you have two volumes of world history. And I don't think the expectation would necessarily be you're going to finish all of one or all of the other, and you have to look at different, different state standards. So what are some of the ways that teachers could be thinking about using these materials? I can take this one, Rosie. Um, so we have the two volumes, and we give teachers the option of doing only one volume in a year or fitting in both volumes in a year. And we give, we have sample pacing guides as an example of how each of those can be done. And we've done the same for US history and for world history. But as you said, it could have to do with the state standards. If in their state, middle schoolers are only expected to learn world history from the first humans through the Middle Ages, then they would only really need to use volume one of the world history program. You know, and similarly, if they do modern US history, they would only do the second volume. It, it depends on expectations in the state and the teacher's comfort level and interest. Absolutely, and that, it's really great that you brought that up, Eileen, that we have the different pacing guides so that that way there are some supports that we are, we're able to provide to give teachers some kind of guidance on how do you actually do this program in the allotted time. Um, Rosie and I were able to see U.S. history in action because we don't have world history um, in print just quite yet, um, but it is up online. And we saw two, two almost identical lessons these two teachers planned together but they approached it in very different ways. So I think also we should mention that you can put your own spin and flair yeah. and you as a teacher, I mean, there's a lot of freedom in this. It's, it's not scripted, but there's guidance there to help you along, especially if you're new um, to core knowledge. Um, so what are some of the special features in the program that teachers should be aware of? So I'll speak to the student book and Eileen, I'm sure you'd be more than able to speak to the teacher guide. Um, in the student books for US history and world history, um, we have introduced a writer's corner feature with a range of um, writing activities that could be or are um, uh, research-based um, uh, aspects that could be um, written, content that could be written in a more creative um, way, uh, creative passages. Um, there are think twice questions which encourage students to analyze the content and to sort of look at it in a more multi-layered, you know, um, facet in a way of what the text is saying. Um, and again, there are research opportunities. We call those find out the facts. So encouraging students to dig a little deeper. Um, so I think when I was talking earlier, what's 
different um, about this at the middle school level is how um, we encourage the students to engage in the content and really become proactive in, you know, in learning about history. And in the teacher guide, it's uh, builds on that. There are discussion or debate opportunities with a talk it over feature that has students wrestling with questions such as which which Caesar was the better leader, Julius or Augustus? Um, in the U.S. history, should there be a federally mandated minimum wage? In world history, should artifacts be repatriated? So that students are able to start grappling with some of the bigger questions that historians and other social studies professionals grapple with. There is also in the U.S. history a feature called Civics in Action, which builds on the pathway to citizenship in the elementary program that encourages students to become to become civic participants. It's sometimes as simple as look up who your representatives in Congress are, and it can be more elaborate. Where would you go to vote? Why is it important to vote? Um, and that is in every single U.S. history chapter. In world history, instead of that civic participation focus, there's a more geographical focus with a feature called Window on the World, which is meant to build geographic awareness of either geography and history or current geographical challenges like what climate change is doing to the city of Venice in Italy. Um, and I think the last thing we did purposely in world history and U.S. history in the additional activities is making sure there are primary source activities so that middle school students can start grappling with primary source analysis and, and historical thinking and thinking like historians, which are skills that they will, again, as they move into high school, be expected to use. And I think it's really important that you brought up the primary source documents, because I know that that is a standard at a, in a lot of states. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we really haven't put a lot of emphasis on in our lower grades. But now we are putting that as a focus in middle school. Um, so is there anything else that teachers need to know to really set themselves and their students up for success with this program? So I'll, I'd like to speak to that because it's something um, we discussed, Kristen, when we were visiting classrooms in uh, Arizona, the importance of background knowledge. Um, I would strongly encourage teachers to um, really review um, and digest the background information that we provide online called What Teachers Need to Know. I would also strongly encourage teachers to look at the additional activities in their prep work for teaching these the content because there's so much embedded in those amazing activities um, that provides a great overview or context for some of the topics that they'll encounter. So background knowledge, background knowledge, essential to teaching topics that, you know, I, I didn't know that much about ancient China and still until I started doing research, you know, working with professors who know, you know, who teach the subject. Um, so in order for me to guide writers, I myself have to grasp some of that, you know, basic content knowledge. 
Um, so really that that's, you know, children will ask, students will ask all sorts of questions. And it's great if, if a teacher can take the content a little further than, you know, an, a, a, a paragraph that they're reading. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um becoming well-versed in the what teachers need to know. I would also say preview the sample pacing guides and and figure out what works. Teachers know their students better than we do and will be able to, to choose the activities that work. And also in each teacher guide, there's a recommended book list. And the books are geared for middle school students but for a teacher who wants more information, that's a good place to turn. You know the information is going to be accessible. And if teachers do have the ability to build and maintain a classroom library, those book lists are a place to start, especially if their students show a particular interest in a person or topic in their history studies. And we made sure that those book lists are more recent books. They're not, they don't include books from like 1990. There are books published like some might be 2010, but most are 2015 and on. That's awesome. Um, so I have to ask, because I know about it, but I'd like to let our listeners have a little preview about what the CKH team is currently working on, particular for grades K through five. Well, we actually are working on something for K through eight. Um, we're working on uh, civics and economics across those grades. Um, grade one and grade two, we have grade one is uh, lessons in civics, grade two lessons in, in economics, grade four understanding civics and grade five understanding economics and grade seven civics and economics in US history civics and economics in world history in grade seven or eight, depending on your state. Um, we're also just finishing up uh, 12 biographies. Um, and Eileen, you wanna, you wanna mention oh, the big yes, project? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the big project that was just announced today. Um, we are partnering with the state of Louisiana to create a customized um, Louisiana Social Studies curriculum for grades K through eight called Bayou Bridges that will support the new Louisiana State Social Studies standards. And those will be um, ready for use for school year 2024, 2025. It's going to take us about a year and a half to get that all done. But we're really excited to get started. So everyone is obviously very busy. In, in the in the CKHD department, um, civics and economics, when will that be up online approximately so people can preview that? All going well, um, the end of April, early May. Um, I'll say early May to be safe. We're, we're still writing um, the middle school materials. The elementary materials are further along in development. Um, we have a new website coming. You know far more about that than I do, Kristen. But um, look, look out for those in April and May, and the biographies will be posted on our new website for free. And they'll also be available at low-cost purchase as well. And it, the uh, biographies are going to be really amazing. I'm super excited for those as well. And any of our listeners, if you have that state requirement to do 
citizenship in either seventh or eighth grade, this these materials should go really well with those standards, correct? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having us.